Well, happy Christmas to each and every one of you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. And as promised, this special, well, I guess it's not a special, it's a normal episode. Let's be real. This very normal episode of I Have Written is going to be centering around Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. You know, I think I mentioned on Monday that, yeah, a lot of people really don't talk about Joseph. He's one of the biblical characters, one of the integral characters of the Christmas story. And yet he just gets overlooked quite a bit, even though he had a massive role to play. And so we're going to talk about him and see what lessons we can pull from him, what inspiration we can pull from him. Okay. So Joseph, not a whole lot is actually known about this man as far as his lineage, you know, what he was like as a person, what he looked like, you know, all these kinds of things. Um, it's estimated that because of the average marrying age of Jesus's day, that Joseph was probably, and you know, there are different sources and out there and all kinds of different arguments. He was probably in his early thirties, um, late twenties. Um, and Mary, who he married was in her mid to late teens when they got married. And that was just the average thing because back then they wanted the man to be established in his business and in his home and make sure that he had a home to provide for his bride. So it wasn't uncommon that the man got married a little older, well, quite a bit older in this case than their bride. So that's probably about how old he was when Jesus was born, according to some researchers and scholars. You know, there's, of course, always different debate on these things. But he was already engaged to marry, to be married to her, when, you know, the angel Gabriel shows up to Mary and he says, hey, by the way, you're going to give birth to the Savior of mankind, if you're cool with that. And she said, yes. I would be honored. And so he said, all right, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and create a child inside you. And I'll keep you updated kind of thing. And so because of the times they were in, getting pregnant outside of wedlock was even more scandalous and disgraceful than it's considered today. Um, she could have been stoned to death for it if she was caught being pregnant outside of wedlock. And, you know, Joseph, he found out that she was pregnant. And here's an interesting thing. He didn't immediately run to the Pharisees or the religious elders of his time or his village and say, hey, this woman obviously cheated on me because I certainly haven't slept with her. And she needs to be stoned to death because she broke the law. Instead, he chose to have mercy on her. He was going to, it says, divorce her quietly. Now, they weren't married yet. But it said that um, he was, pro you know, he was probably going to go to her parents and say, hey, I've changed my mind. I've decided not to marry your daughter. And he was just going to leave it at that. And then, yes, the consequences of her having a child would come out eventually, but they wouldn't come out because of him. And then the same angel goes to Joseph in a dream. And he says, hey, Joseph, um, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. I know you're kind of freaking out, man. I know you think she cheated on you, but she didn't. You have to go ahead and marry her 
because the baby she's carrying is going to be the Messiah who you, who you and your people have been waiting for forever, which means you're the chosen one to be the earthly father for this boy. So don't be afraid to marry her. Go ahead. It's okay. You can do it. Do the right thing. So he, instead of going through with his mental plan, he went ahead and married her. And, you know, sometime later, obviously, we don't have any information in the Bible about what happened in that interim period. But it does say, <clears throat> excuse me, it does say that Joseph didn't have relations, meaning he didn't have sex with her until after Jesus was born. This was a man of really great self-restraint. This was a man of a, who was very level-headed and had a, he had such an amazing head on his shoulders, seriously. Not only did he try to save Mary's life because he didn't have all the facts together, he didn't know for sure what happened, so he assumed the best out of her and didn't want to get her killed. Second, he knew that <laughs> she was a young girl, obviously, and she was already kind of, you know, this whole new having babies thing was a big enough deal for her, um, a big enough point of stress for her that he didn't want to put the pressure of a sexual relationship on her then, and he chose not to do that until after Jesus was born. That's awesome. I mean, there's lessons to be learned right there, guys. This was a man of restraint and extreme consideration. He was definitely putting Mary and her considerations and needs above those of his own. And guys, aren't we all supposed to do that for our wives? Seriously, that is what we are called to do. And Joseph, even though he didn't have the power of the Holy Spirit to lean on, he did not have a renewed spirit because Jesus hadn't died yet, so it wasn't possible. He was already applying this and practicing it. That's just so awesome to me. And then they have to take the census because the Romans were running Israel at that time and they decided to take a census of the entire country. So they said, all of you guys have to go back to the city of your birth, you and your families, and be counted there. Now, they had to go all the way um, to Bethlehem because that's where he was from. Um, I forget where they were uh, at the time when they got married, but I think it was Naz Naz Nazareth or was it Galilee? Anyway, um, but they had to go back to Bethlehem. And he's carrying along, you know, an incredibly, very, very pregnant Mary. He's having to deal with all these things. He has no support. And um, as far as we know, they went by themselves. We, we don't have any record of them traveling together with a family group or anything like that. Then they get there, they get counted, get that over with real quick, and then Mary starts to go into labor pains. She's like, uh, hubby, the baby is coming, and he's not going to wait. So then Joseph is running around town trying to find a place to spend the night so that Mary can have the baby and at least some level of comfort. But because of this whole census thing, everyone's traveling around, every inn and house in the village it's completely booked out. And then finally, this old timer sees them wandering around and says, hey, look, I know things are crazy right now, but I see your wife is very, very pregnant, probably going to have the baby super soon. Am I right? It's not much, but um, I have this stable you guys could stay, spend the night in, you know, at least it's shelter from the weather. 
you know, it's, it's better than nothing. If you want to go in there, feel free. So they went in there. And so Joseph, he's being a man and he's trying to make the best of things. He's trying to make things work, trying to make things easiest for Mary. And on top of that, he um, helps her deliver the baby. As far as we know, he was the only person there to help with that. And since it's assumed that he was never married before, it's also assumed that this is his first child, as far as we know. And so for the first time, he got to help deliver a baby. And he had to figure all that out on his own. And so this guy was just, it's just so awesome, all these things that he did. He really just stepped up every opportunity and every difficulty that presented itself. He just stepped up and did what he could. And it all worked out. And I can see why God chose him to be the earthly father of Jesus. Because, like I said, every time they had to do something, he just stepped up and did it, you know? And then, then the story doesn't end there. So they lived there for a while, and Joseph was a carpenter by trade. That's what he was doing. So he was working with wood and stone. From what I've read, um, carpenters were also traditionally stone cutters back then as well. So he's probably a beefy guy. He probably has been working with his hands his entire life. He's probably a big dude who can hold his own weight in a fight. But he also has this incredibly gentle, considerate, and caring side to him, which is so admirable. And then God warns him in a dream and says, Hey, King Herod, he's trying to kill Jesus. If he finds him, he's going to kill him. So you need to pack up Mary and the baby and get out of Dodge and go to Egypt for a while and live there until I tell you not to. And so that's where they go. And this guy, you know, he knew when God spoke to him. He didn't overthink things. He didn't question things. He didn't think, well, God, I need a sign. If you could prove yourself real quick, that would be great. I just want to make sure that, you know, it's not my, my uh, the, the bad pizza from last night giving me these dreams or something like that. No, and he went. And because of his obedience, Jesus' life was saved. And another prophecy was fulfilled, um, which said, uh, you've called my son forth out of Egypt. And that prophecy was fulfilled because of Joseph's obedience. And so they stayed there. Once again, Joseph takes himself, his very young wife, and his baby son to a completely foreign land. And he has to find a way to make things work. Now, he was a, he was a carpenter, so that was a very needed, necessary trade. And it still is, as a matter of fact. But even more so in the daily life of biblical times. And he has to try to make things work. He probably doesn't speak the language. I don't know if there was a common trade language back then or something, but they have to find a way to make things work. And obviously they do well because I think it was two years later that Jesus, or not Jesus, God calls them back and says, hey, the boy is safe. Um, Herod's dead. You can go back to Israel. And so they do. And once again, they start all over. But we don't hear Joseph whining and complaining. We just hear him saying, yes, Lord. And he does it and he makes it happen. And he does whatever he can to provide for his family. He is really stepping up to the plate whenever a challenge arises. And his obedience to the Holy Spirit is just incredible for someone who didn't have the Holy Spirit. And then it says he and Mary were just raised up Jesus 
in the fear of the Lord. And then there's a time where Jesus, <laughs> there's a time where Jesus was 12 years old and he disappeared in the temple for three days. Um, and of course, Mary and Joseph are frantic. They're looking for him. And when they do find him, they say, boy, what were you thinking? Why didn't you think to tell us what you were doing? You know, we've been worried sick these three days looking for you. Even interrupted all our plans as well. We're running late to get back home. The business is affected, all this stuff. But when Jesus explains himself, he said, I was just doing my father's business. Joseph and Mary knew right away what that meant. And it doesn't say that they punished him or that they got mad at him. It just says they took him home. And Jesus, now understanding these things, submitted himself to Mary and Joseph. And they were able to continue raising him up in the fear of the Lord. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if my dad found me after I ran away for three days, uh, things would not have gone over so easily. Nothing against my dad. He's a great guy. I love the heck out of him. But um, <laughs> let's just say there would have been some heavy words exchanged there and probably a good spanking, a good ripe spanking. But obviously Joseph, he knew enough that he didn't know everything. And he knew who Jesus was, and he knew who he was meant to be. And so he chose to tread lightly instead of erring on the side of his flesh or getting angry. When Jesus explained himself and said, I was about my father's business, he's thinking, oh, the boy is about God's business. Now, he's still my son. He's still under my authority. But I know he really is the son of God ultimately. And so for that, I'm going to give him the benefit of a doubt. Talk about patience and talk about wisdom from this guy. Joseph is someone who the more I study him, the more and more I admire him and his character. And the worst part is we don't really know what happens to Joseph. Obviously, he dies eventually, but we don't know why. Whether it's of age or whether it's of illness. All we know is that the Gospels after the Christmas story, after, well, actually, the final mention is after Jesus goes to the temple and they have to find him. After that, it doesn't talk about him anymore. And that's interesting because I'm sure that he had a huge, profound impact on Jesus and who he ended up being, not only as a person, but as a man specifically. So we're going to take a quick break here and then we'll finish up this episode. All right, guys, just a real quick fun fact here for you. Did you know that Joseph, the father of Jesus, was actually a descendant of King David? Yeah, it says that. He's a descendant of David. And thus, Jesus' lineage was part of the promised lineage of King David because God promised King David that through his lineage, the Messiah would actually end up coming. And so it's interesting just how this guy is actually a descendant of kings. But here he is being what we would consider a, quote, lowly, unquote, carpenter. But even so, guys, even so, there was apparently something in Joseph. He was the one who was chosen to be Jesus' father at that time. So not only did he have a kingly heritage, he must have had a kingly quality about him, too. So, guys, let's wrap this episode up. Now, I've gone over, you know, the stuff that Joseph went through and everything. But as I mentioned in the break, that there must have been some amazing qualities about Joseph to be chosen 
to be the person, the man, to raise the Son of God. And, you know, like I said, in the scriptures, we really don't learn a whole lot about Joseph. We really don't know much other than his lineage and some insights into his character. But I think just the mere fact that he was chosen to be the earthly father of Jesus means a whole lot. Now, obviously, he had to be someone of great patience, someone of great integrity, someone of great fortitude, someone who was very level-headed. All these things that were actually instilled in him, that God saw in him, that were considered good enough to be imbued into the Messiah. There were character traits about Joseph. There were personality quirks. There were insights and habits. There were things in him that God actually wanted to be passed on to Jesus. Not genetically, obviously. That, that's not how it happened. But through following his example, through observing how he lived his life. And once again, we don't know how old he was, when, uh, how old Jesus was when Joseph died. But we don't see him in the picture anymore. We see when Jesus is actually 33 years old, well, 30 to 33 years old, that he um, doesn't have Joseph in the picture anymore. Anytime his family is mentioned, it's Jesus' mother, um, sisters, and brothers. Joseph isn't isn't in the picture anymore, so it's assumed that he passed on. But even so, during that season of life, we can see that uh, Joseph had a big impact on Jesus. One being that Jesus, nor anywhere else in the Bible, anywhere, is anything negative mentioned about Joseph. Now, was he a perfect person? No. I seriously doubt that, (laughs) mainly because Jesus was the only perfect person, but also just because he's human, like the rest of us. Now, obviously he wasn't perfect, but He still had to be a remarkable man. I would actually be very, very interested to learn more about this person. When I actually, when I get to heaven, I'm going to be trying to find Joseph and meeting him and seeing what kind of man he was. Because, you know, when Jesus fell down as a kid and scuffed his knee, Joseph had to be there to pick him up. When, um, obviously, Joseph taught Jesus the carpentry, carpentry trade, so they spent a lot of time together. Besides just shop talk, I would very much love to know what type of conversations they had while they were just working side-by-side, father-and-son dynamic. I'm sure it was a really, really cool one. And guys, like I said, the scripture doesn't tell us much about Joseph. As far as biblical characters go, he's kind of a background character, frankly. But I want to tell you this, that even though he's considered a background character, he still is one of the most integral characters because of the role he played in the Messiah's life. And for you guys who are thinking that, you know, you're a nobody or you don't really have a big impact or not a whole lot of people are going to be talking about you after you're gone, or that you haven't had a chance to make a real impact yet, let me tell you, you can be a Joseph. You can be a Joseph that, unbeknownst to you, you're actually making a world of difference. You're actually making a huge impact on the lives of those um, around you. 
That's what Joseph did. He didn't seek glory or fame or anything else. He didn't go around bragging that his son was the Messiah, though he very well knew it. He just lived his life, did what he was supposed to do, was content with it. And he was content knowing that he was raising the Messiah, even though people would all be talking about the Messiah and not him, and he would be overshadowed by the very man he was raising. And the reputation of the one he was raising would overtake his own. But we never hear that Joseph was unhappy or complained about it. None of these things. And guys, so just remember, it may not look like you're doing a whole lot in this world, but chances are you're doing more than you think you are. Chances are you're having a bigger influence and impact on people than you think. And if you actually asked people and actually took a step back, I think you could actually see it. I really do. Joseph went through a lot of things, obviously, with hardships, with tests of faith, with trials, all sorts of things. But he stuck through it all. And because the Bible doesn't have anything bad to say about him, I'd say that he ended off with a pretty good record and pretty good standing in the eyes of the Father. If this guy was chosen to help raise up and teach the Messiah about life, I'd say he must have been a pretty awesome guy. But once again, he didn't get a whole lot of spotlight. And neither do you have to get a lot of spotlight to be content knowing that you're where God wants you to be and that you're doing what he called you to do. So as you're celebrating all these various things, all these various festivities during this holiday season, yes, among the many things that we celebrate, the main thing should be the birth of Jesus Christ. That's the entire point of this holiday. The reason for the season is the phrase that you hear thrown around most often. But in the middle of all your celebrating, take a little time to think about Joseph. Give him some of your thought time. And think, how can I be a Joseph in my life? How, What kind of father can I be like that I could be more like Joseph? What kind of character can I have where when God tells me to take a leap of faith like Joseph did with Mary, what do I have to do to get to that place where when God says to do it, even though it looks terrifying, that I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway? So ponder these things, guys. Be thinking about these things during this Christmas. And maybe, just maybe, You'll be a little more enlightened, have a bit more wisdom, and a bit more inspiration for becoming the type of man that God wants you to be. So thank you guys for listening to this episode of I Have Written. I wish a very Merry Christmas to each and every one of you, and I will see you all in the next episode.